Hello, and welcome to our podcast here at Discovery Point Church. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message inspires you and is the beginning of a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time together. As we come to your word, open it up to us. Let us be receptive, open, listening with obedient hearts, focused minds, and Lord, let your work, let your work happen in us through our engagement in the word tonight. In your name we pray this, amen and amen. Galatians 5 is, is where we are. We started two weeks ago. We were interrupted last week by a little Nepali man uh, named Ashok, but we will get back to Galatians 5. Thank you for uh, being kind to Pastor Ashok and his wife Romila last weekend. We pray that uh, their time encouraged you, uh, brought more fire into your life. But Galatians 5 is about two things. It's about our freedom in Christ, and it's about the fruit of our character. And so freedom and fruit, think about those two things. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, Paul says, So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and do not get tied up again into the slavery of the law. Let's kind of do a, a, a high note, cliff note version. So I'm going to begin in, in Galatians 5, uh, 7 through 15. So jump in with me in verse 7, if you would. We're going to pick up the content there. You can go back to see Pastor Ron's message. He brought us up to this point two weeks ago. Let's dive in. Paul says that you were running the race so well. Who held you back from following the truth? It certainly wasn't God, for he is the one that called you to freedom. This false teaching, it's a little bit like yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. I'm trusting the Lord's going to keep you from believing this false teaching. God will judge the person, whoever this is, who has been confusing you. So, so we, we, Pastor Ron talked about this false teaching that's happening in, in Galatia. Now, Galatia was a, it was a region of churches. It just wasn't a specific church like the other epistles it was a region of churches and and there's this false teaching teaching there's this heresy that's lurking beneath the surface now what i noticed about this is that we often think false teaching is a distortion of doctrine and that is true but in the context we see that false teaching is also adding something to the salvation of jesus christ now i i enjoy cooking anybody else enjoy cooking Okay, I love to cook. Anybody love to eat? Sure you do. But I, I enjoy cooking. But my problem with cooking, I'm kind of a, a, a newbie at cooking, didn't grow up cooking, but I got into cooking. But my problem is I always add a little too much to the recipe. I, I like a little spice, and, and I'll throw things in. And, and I, I just, I always take it too far. And, and that's what's happening in Galatia, right? There's this, this group that's called the Judaizers. The Judaizers was this extreme Jewish faction, and, and, and they're teaching something, this false doctrine that salvation is Jesus plus the law and or tradition. Specifically, it's Jesus plus circumcision. So what they have going, we might call a spiritual combo meal, right? We're adding Jesus. We're not denying that. But we're also bringing in Jewish law, Jewish tradition, specifically this element of circumcision. Now, uh, and we see this in Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. But 
what happens in Acts chapter 15, Acts chapter 15, we have the, the Jerusalem council. They gather, and the issue is what's going on in Galatia. In other words, does a Gentile believer have to be circumcised to be saved by Jesus Christ? Well, at the Jerusalem council, they shot down this heresy. They said, absolutely not. Salvation is by grace alone through faith in Jesus Christ. Let's all say thank you to the Jerusalem council. So that's kind of what's going on underneath the surface here. It's we must understand that, that Christ's sacrifice on the cross, the sacrifice is sufficient. Redemption is sufficient. Jesus himself on the cross says, it is finished. In other words, paid in full. So Paul is addressing this issue. He's like, you guys started fantastic. Somebody has crept in and now they're teaching a false doctrine. Notice what he says beginning in verse 11 through 12. He goes on to say, uh, Dear brothers and sisters, if I were still preaching that you must be circumcised, as some say I do, why am I still being persecuted? Right? He's like, if I'm preaching that circumcision is a key component of salvation, why is everybody persecuting me? Look what he says. If I were no longer preaching salvation through the cross of Christ, no one would be, say it with me, offended. Look at verse 12. I just wish that those troublemakers who want to mutilate you by circumcision would mutilate themselves. Here Paul picks up this idea of the cross and says, as I preach this message of the cross, I'm still being persecuted for that. Now, in the NLT it says offense. Your Bible might say stumbling block, something like that. It's a very interesting word. It's from where we get our word scandal. The Greek word is scandalon. And scandalon meant, check this out, it originally meant the stick that held up the trap. That's where we get this word scandalon. You've seen this, right? You've set a trap, there's a stick, and you use the rope and you, you pull the stick. That stick is the scandalon. Let me give you a little more updated version of that. On the mousetrap, on the mousetrap, where you put the cheese, that's the scandalon. <laughs> that, that's the scandal on. Now, you're looking at me like you've never set a mouse trap. No, I'm not buying it, right? You've never lived in seminary housing. I'll just say that. <laughs> Amen to that. Amen to that, right? But this word kind of morphed with this, uh, this metaphorical meaning and it became to me a, a stumbling block, an offense. Paul is like, this cross is an offense. Cicero said this, the Roman statesman, philosopher, scholar said this, the cross, it speaks of that which is so shameful, so horrible that it should not even be mentioned in polite society. This cross, the shameful, horrible cross, is life's most beautiful representation of God's love. It, it, it sings an amazing song and and this cross brings the, this incredible news. This cross whispers to the love of God in our lives. Walk out this evening and look at the stars and you will declare, as David declared, that the heavens are declaring your glory. Gaze at the mountains that are around this valley and you will begin to understand the majesty of our God. Stand on the edge of the ocean and look at the vastness and listen to its power 
and you will be touched by the incredible power of our God. Look at a flower. Look at a beautiful, delicate flower. And as you look at that flower there, you begin to understand that our God is incredibly creative. But if you want to know the love of this God, you have to look at the cross. It is the expression of his love for us. And Paul says, this cross is a stumbling block. It is causing people to stumble. And while this is an offensive object, may those of us who are being changed by its power echo with the Apostle Paul himself as we read in Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. As for me, say that with me. As for me, notice what he says about the cross. May I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is offensive. It is an offensive object. It's offensive to us because it calls us to a place. It demands that we come to our God empty-handed, full humility, full surrender. That's why it's offensive to man. No pride, no glory, total humility. It reminds me of the old song we used to sing, Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. Paul goes on and he elo eloquence the more things on the cross. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. Notice what Paul says here about the cross. He says the message of the cross, say it with me, it is foolishness. It is foolishness to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. Paul's like, Christ's sacrifice is sufficient. The freedom that we experience as believers comes through a cross, and Paul says it is an offensive. It is an offensive object. And then Paul ends up this teaching on freedom beginning in verse 11, verse 13, I should say. For if you've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Paul is quoting Leviticus 19, verse 15. But if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Be aware of destroying one another. This graphic gives us a little bit of insight, this idea of legalism, liberty, and license. Legalism, Paul's like, do not be subject again to the yoke, the slavery of religion. On the far right is this element of license that he just touched on in verse 13. Liberty, freedom, is not the opportunity to fulfill the desire of the flesh. That's how we can often think, well, I'm free. Actually, you're not free. Ultimate freedom is found in obedience to Jesus Christ. That's the middle portion. You were called to freedom. Liberty is found in obedience to Jesus Christ, not living the life that I want to live. Living the life that I want to live is a life of captivity. Living the life that Jesus calls me to, that's a life of freedom. And, of course, we see this in the person of Jesus Christ, right? He, 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 he modeled this freedom, this freedom that we're called to live. Paul says, serve one another in love. 
he, he's eloquent on this idea of freedom, and now he's to the point, well, what's this freedom look like? It looks like we serve one another in love, right? Jesus modeled this so many times. In fact, in Luke chapter 22, Jesus says this about himself. Who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here, <laughs> not in my kingdom. Jesus flips this thing upside down. Notice what he says. For I am among you, say it with me out loud, as one who serves. You know, pre-cross, one of the last acts we see of Jesus Christ is washing the disciples' feet. Post-resurrection, one of the key acts we see in the Gospel of John is Jesus serving his disciples' breakfast. It's pretty interesting, isn't it? That freedom doesn't mean I live as I want to live. It means I live as God wants me to live. And quite frankly, here we see, what's that look like? It means serving others in love. Just stepping into the need of the moment. Stepping into the need of the moment. A couple weeks ago, uh, Sharon and I, uh, Ashok and Romila, we got to spend a few days at, uh, at Zona student camp with our students. And California Baptist University has this cafeteria room, right? This big cafeteria, lots of goodies. And so uh, early on, Sharon's like, hey, watch that guy over there. I'm like, what? I'm just trying to eat my food. She's like, watch this guy. I'm like, what guy? She said, that guy. I'm like, there's a lot of guys over there. She says, I want you to watch the guy in the room who's taking out the trash. I'm like, what? We got an incredible speaker here at camp. We got a great band, lots of pastors. Moi. She's like, just watch that guy. I'm like, what, what's going on with that guy? She says, I, I think he's the happiest guy in the room. So we started every meal, every meal, I kid you not, we got our eyes on trash guy. Now, he, I don't know if he runs the thing. He was so filled with joy. Taking out the trash in the cafeteria of high school and junior high students and enjoying every minute of it. Excited, joyful, smiling, laughing. Doesn't the scripture say that we are to serve the Lord with gladness? Well, what, what is, what's that look like in our lives? I mean, we serve oftentimes with a little bit of a grudge. Amen? I mean, I'll do it. I will do it, but I'm not going to be joyful about it. I'll do it. I won't be happy about it. Oh, I'll serve, but I'll complain at the same time. Christ calls us to a place of serving. Serve one another in love. In other words, love is making sure other people flourish. It's making sure other people are valued. It's making sure that other people are, 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 are walking in the presence and the purposes and the meaningful relationship with God. Serve others in love. I read that and I'm like, Paul, you could have left that out. You were doing so well. I was all into the false doctrine. I love that conversation. But he ends it with serve one another in love. May the people of God, Maybe the people of God, may we as broken people rise up in the redemptive work of Jesus Christ 
and be an army of healers touching the planet with the love of Jesus Christ. Rising up, serving in the need, in the moment, paying attention. How can I serve others? Jesus says the greatest in the kingdom of heaven is the one who preaches. No. Is the one who te teaches. No. Is the one who serves. Plays the bass. I see you over there. Is the one who serves. How do we do that? Here's practical application. How do you do that? What's it look like? Pray for others. Care for others. Share with others. This is one of the key ways you and I can move out into our world, so to speak. Pray, care, and share. Man, if you've never experienced this freedom that, that Paul's talking about, he, he, he's a little frustrated with the conversation. Like, I don't know who's teaching you this combo spiritual meal. I don't know who's teaching you that. That's not true. When you are free in Christ, you are free indeed. The work of Jesus Christ, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ is sufficient. If you've never experienced that freedom, why wait any longer? Why wait any longer? Come to Jesus. Give Him your life. Just say, Jesus, I, I give you my life. I give you my life. Come to this cross. You're like, that cross is offensive. It is until it changes your life. And it becomes something incredibly beautiful in your life. And if you're a believer, man, if you're a believer, I just challenge you to walk out of this room and say, all right, man, I'm looking to serve one another in, in love. Whatever God tells me to do, I'm on it. I'm in it. Here's one of the things that I see happening in the church, and it, it, I think it's a good thing, but I think we need to move beyond it, is this idea is when I find out my spiritual gifting, I'll begin serving. You should find out your spiritual gifting. But until then, get busy. Serve. Move. Look. Even walk into this church, your local church, say, how can I serve? Who, who, who can I greet? Who can I encourage? Who, who can I pray for? E even right here, right now, like, what, what can I do in the Lord's house? Doesn't David say it's, it's better to be a doorkeeper in the Lord's house? Right? Maybe that's your role. You're keeping the door. You're encouraging. You're loving. You're doing whatever. You're taking out trash joyfully like the man at California Baptist University. Now, his salary may have been a couple hundred grand, and maybe that's why he was so happy, right? <laughs> Who knows? Father, thank you for our time together. Lord, we pray as we look at your redemptive work that your sacrifice of, Je your, of Jesus is enough. Yes, this cross can be offensive, but for those of us who are being transformed by its power, it is where we boast. Lord, as your people... I pray that we, we are more aware of opportunities, that we see needs, Father, with our neighbors, with our family. Father, we see needs in our office. We, we, we see the needs of friends and coworkers and colleagues. And in the name of Jesus, we step in when it's appropriate and we serve. All in your name. Father, teach your people to pray, to care, and to share that you are honored and blessed. In the name of Jesus, we pray this. Amen and amen. As we close, I would like for you to stand. I want to pray a blessing over you before we are dismissed. If you need prayer or you want to have a more conversation about 
stepping forward into a faith relationship with Jesus Christ, I'd love to talk with you. I'll be here at the front after our service. I'd like for you to bow your heads. Father, this evening I pray that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Spirit will be with your people. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We pray you allow this message to transform you to take what you learned and share the love of Jesus to those around you. You can stay informed and connected by following Discovery Point Church on all social media platforms. Thank you and God bless you.